0: this is episode number 256 of the chillinois podcast my name is cole preston and i am your host hey we're taking callers that's not a joke the number is 312-772-6844 you can call the chillinois hotline and uh, you, can, you can call us, you can text us, you can leave a voicemail, which we can play on the show. We actually got a few voicemails, which we're going to play today. So we'll be pulling that up here in just a moment. But once again, if you'd like to give us a call, you can, uh, you can call us or text us at 312-772-6844. If uh, you'd prefer you know, to remain anonymous because you're reporting possible corruption, fraud, criminal activity, conflicts of interest, or abuse in the legal cannabis industry in Illinois, we can we can honor anonymity. So uh, once again that number is 312-772-6844. Let's listen to our first voicemail um, that came in today and and we will address it after we listen to it. Let's let's play it. So
1: Hey kind of off-topic here. I just want you people to know that cannabis should be rescheduled to be Schedule 3, not Schedule 1. We've had legalization here in Illinois for quite some time, and there have been no no massive deaths of it. There have been no noticeable harm to society. Uh, It is a completely holistic uh, verb, so I think it should be rescheduled to schedule three. don't know if this helps, but I would like society to get it together and reschedule it to schedule three. Thank you very much.
0: Okie dokie, and uh, it looks like they left us another voicemail. So I'm just going to go ahead and play that and actually no, I'll go ahead and uh address that with some thoughts really quick i think i get what you're trying to say and maybe maybe this is what why you left me a follow-up voicemail um i think i get what you're trying to say but ultimately i believe instead of rescheduling cannabis we should de-schedule cannabis but maybe that's what you're about to say in this follow-up voicemail let's take a listen
1: i think it makes more sense to decriminalize marijuana than to uh, try to legalize it. It is the more non-invasive way to deal with this issue. Um, Decrim would be a simple transition. The very word legalization seems to be too formal and too much red tape. I think we, we can better transition. Uh, Illinois with safer safer access and and better use through decriminalization and not legalization. I think it's the first step and the best step for legalization. Not that I want legalization, but decriminalization, yes.
0: Okay. I, yeah, I think I, I think I, I think we agree with each other. Let me just say that. the topic you're talking about is, it's very much, a, if, or at least it's starting to feel like a semantic argument, you know, because uh, I don't know how to say it other than when I was told the concept of legalization, or when I became aware of the concept of legalization, I thought that meant that yes, nobody else would continue to go to jail for it so yeah i think like you just said it's like decriminalization is more simple it seems like legalization comes with too much red tape and and the like and um i want to get back to the the point of legalization and, and red tape um But before I do that, I want to share a promo for an episode that's out and available for streaming right now, featuring a defense attorney. And it's basically about this exact topic. So I'm going to pull this up and... I
2: think there have been kind of a uh, understanding amongst people that decriminalization is like a step towards legalization. And my take on it, after having seen Illinois, which claims to be one of the most progressive states on cannabis, decriminalization is the goal beyond legalization. So what decriminalization would mean, as opposed to legalization, Mm -hmm. decriminalization would be essentially, cannabis is no longer something to be dealt with through criminal law. Like, maybe you've messed up, maybe there'll be some penalties that the government will impose, but we're not going to deal with it through the criminal law. Right. The criminal law being the branch of the government that can take away your liberty and can say we're going to put you in a cage Yep. Yeah. and uh, we're going to take away your right to live out in society or we're going to put you on probation and assign you to a government babysitter who, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't mind your P's and Q's can then, you know, ask the judge to put you in jail. So I don't know where that came from, the idea that decriminalization is like uh, a baby step toward Legalization, but I think what we've learned in Illinois is decriminalization is like the ultimate
0: goal. Yeah.
2: What yes. you say? Like.
0: So you can listen to that episode right now at Patreon.com/slash-Chillinois if you'd like to see that entire episode featuring defense attorney Evan Bruno. Once again, it's episode number 200, 253 and it's available at patreon.com chillanoi right now so i wanted to get back to the topic of decriminalization or sorry uh, red tape and legalization and, and you know that entire subject because i've recently seen this topic kind of pop up uh is more of a hot-button topic and actually you know not to get into specifics because i don't really know what the entire argument is about i know how i feel on the subject and and i'm open to learning about it so uh, but just you know somebody used a post of mine shared it and and it's basically being used it it seems like a point of strife in the cannabis community and it's the idea of You know, I talk a lot about decriminalizing, and and, I mean, we just showed this clip where we were saying decriminalization is the ultimate goal. And I think some people have misunderstood that me. I think people have misunderstood that as me saying that I see no value in regulation and uh, that's not true. I see some value in regulation. I think a lot of it truthfully is um, it could improve, let's just say. Uh, you know, if we're talking about QA testing and everything else, I mean, just just things we've reported on on this show uh, show that basically testing standards um, aren't all they're cracked up to be. And if you're not sure what I'm alluding to, uh, we've got an episode, I'll find that episode in just a moment. I believe it's episode like 187 um, featuring investigators from the Chicago Sun-Times who found that products that were on the shelves, for all intents and purposes, basically what they did was they purchased the products, took them to the lab, tested those, took those products to a testing lab, tested those products, and matched the results against the label. And what they found in some cases was that the results didn't match the label. And they also found, in fact, that some of the products failed testing uh for standards that normally would you know prevent a product from getting onto the shelves it's episode number 182 of our podcast it's called what's in illinois legal weed sometimes contaminants i worked with uh chicago sometimes reporters stephanie zimmerman and tom shuba to do that investigation and talk about it so you know just gonna back up and say that like I'm not like refuting that there can be a legal market or that there should be a legal market and I don't think I've ever like kind of taken a hard stance nor do I plan to that there shouldn't be a legal market I have always questioned the priorities in which we're approaching this right so so when we legalized cannabis in the state of Illinois, it was under the idea that we're acknowledging that this war on drugs has affected communities and dis- disproportionately impacted certain communities and, you know, that it was bad and and all these things. So we're going to stop doing those things and we're going to legalize cannabis. Like that was kind of the general goal idea that they pitched. And my particular criticism of that entire thing and basically we've seen it happen in most states if i'm not mistaken is that you don't see people stop going to prison for cannabis maybe you see less people go to prison for cannabis over simple possession sure i'll give you that uh you know possession of small amounts but like why are we drawing an arbitrary line on who should and shouldn't go to jail based on the amount of cannabis that they have? It's it's just weird to me because I thought I, it's like you're you're making cannabis legal because I thought we agreed it was safer than basically most substances that are legally available anyway. So like, what are we doing here, drawing these arbitrary lines? That's always been my criticism my criticism of it. Honestly, I, I've not done a lot of thought um, uh, going into this. I didn't actually, that kind of just brought this up off the top of my head. What I wanted to talk about today was the idea that, I'm totally drawing a blank. Oh, so okay, so I, I what I wanted to make clear with regard to that topic, sorry, I'm high guys i am not saying that we can't or shouldn't do both this i I had to look at my notes here because if you couldn't tell i'm high as fuck and just grasping at straws so i'm not saying we can't or shouldn't do both and by both i mean decriminalize cannabis remove all criminal criminal penalties for cannabis and like you know we can't we can also do licensing i'm not saying we can't do both of those things at the same time my contention is that we must recognize and remind ourselves of the primary goal of the original cannabis legalization movement and that was i thought to put an end to the war on drugs and remove criminal penalties for cannabis possession use and cultivation and unfortunately that goal has not been met in illinois now people ask me why and I could give you my speculation, the reason, I think, for this lack of progress is that lobbying dollars are often viewed as investments, and those who lobby for cannabis may be driven by profits, or what some people call greed. Policies such as home grow and the removal of criminal penalties do not offer the same measurable returns on investment as other policies that benefit cannabis companies. In fact, most cannabis companies are intimidated by home grow. Or, or by home cultivators, and as a result, I think it's going to be challenging to make progress on this issue. Now, I've tried to pitch this in a different way because, again, I, I acknowledge that these companies view home cultivation as a uh, as the enemy. That's kind of what, how they view home cultivation, and and I pitched an idea that's already been met with criticism and i think rightfully so uh, but but the idea is that like if cannabis companies are serious about talent acquisition and development then they should consider advocating for home grow rights and creating opportunities for aspiring growers to showcase their skills i think it'd be a win-win situation for all involved i don't think the cannabis companies need to look at home grow as the enemy of what they're trying to do i think they could actually benefit by pushing for these uh penalties not only because they could possibly win over support by people like myself who really value the the end of this what what we know as the war on drugs as it pertains to cannabis but frankly all drugs that's kind of where i stand but we're talking about cannabis right now so i thought that if if cannabis is legal then we agreed people shouldn't go to jail for it anymore and that includes cultivating it so You know, I'm trying to spin this in a direction that they can digest. Home grow can serve as a training ground for future cannabis professionals with the right guidance, support, and, uh, you know, ability, frankly, because that's what's kind of getting in the way of it right now, right? Passionate and curious growers could become the next generation of cannabis industry leaders. By supporting measures which criminalize home grow, cannabis companies are missing out on the chance to identify individuals with a passion for the plant who may have already acquired valuable skills and knowledge. Now I think that's a really positive way of spinning it and and trying to convince a company like that to support home grow. And I have to to just immediately acknowledge the criticism or I guess the feedback that I've received, which is, and it's not like I'm not aware of this. these companies don't give a fuck right this is basically the number one thing i've been told when i posted i posted basically what i just said online on a variety uh of social media platforms and that was one of the number one responses i received is that these companies don't give a fuck look you're preaching to the choir on that one i i totally yeah they don't give a fuck i'm trying to tell them why they should give a fuck um not only because it could benefit them like in their business, but you want to talk about brand loyalty. I'm just saying, you know, you could get some brand loyalty uh, off of taking a hard stance against the criminalization of cannabis, like and you could you could call other companies out for not and and you could even acknowledge that that maybe you haven't had the perfect track record in the past because that's most of the companies. (laughs) Most of the companies have lobbied against home grow. Um, And and some companies have since made weightless statements on social media that they support medical home grow, which is a weird distinction. It, It shouldn't be basically when they say they support medical home grow, they're saying they support limitations on a home grow. And as you know, if you've listened to this show for any extended period of time, limitations on anything with regard to cannabis equals criminal penalties. If you have a limit on the amount you can possess, what happens when you exceed that limit? criminal penalties. If you have a limit on the number of plants you can grow and you exceed that number, what happens? And this is true in the state of Illinois, criminal penalties, even if you have a medical card, if you exceed five plants, you're still, you're, you're talking felony territory. Um, so, so yeah, um, it's real. It's still the, the war on drugs is alive and well. And it's something that if you've not listened to our show, it's something that we've talked about uh, ad nauseum. you're looking for like a deep dive on the history of cannabis and and you like some of these thoughts we're talking about right, right now, check out episode number 232 of our show. It breaks down the entire history of cannabis in Illinois, including citations and so much more. Before I go today, I wanted to share a little bit of information that I had on social media, but before I move on, if you have any thoughts about anything I just said, just a reminder, you can call us at 312-772-6844. Once again, if you're rolling in a joint right now and you're like reaching for pen and paper, because you still use pen and paper, uh, it's 312-772-6844. Go to your rotary phone and dial it up um so i recently shared on social media i'm gonna share my screen for the folks that are watching and if you're not watching the chillanoi podcast what the fuck are you doing you can go to chillanoi.net video to watch it on your preferred platform or on youtube the weed tube and patreon so um basically if house bill 3741 is passed All edible cannabis that has been remediated, remediated, I said that weird, all edible cannabis that has been remediated, I said that weird again, with irradiation must be labeled. So if you're not familiar with irradiation, check out episode number 252 of our podcast. It's out right now. Um, but, But this is House Bill 3741. Once again, if passed, it would require all edible cannabis that's been remediated with irradiation to be labeled very in- interested to hear what you think about this this is an idea we've talked about in the show on the show in the past we've never this is an interesting one because the proposal limits it to edible cannabis which i don't understand why that was the number 1 question we received why is it limited to edible cannabis i i couldn't honestly tell you other than the fact that you know maybe if this bill is backed by the industry at all, maybe <laughs> the labeling requirement for flour is something that they wouldn't have accepted. I don't know. I just tend to, now that I've learned a little bit about how what goes into drafting these bills and stuff, they kind of like, from what I understand. And look, I am not like an insider by any means. I, <laughs> I literally smoke weed and just talk to people. I try to talk to people that I think are insiders, whether or not they are is a is an open question but um from what i can gather when people work on these bills they try to be quote-unquote realistic you know and they try to keep uh possible feedback they might get in mind and so i feel like i i'm honestly shooting at the hip with this i feel like edible (laughs) edible cannabis was the only thing that they were okay with uh, labeling in that fashion. It's the only thing that was digestible, <laughs> pun intended. Um, you know, I guess just as a last guess, this is something I said on social media and I think I've said on the show a few times. From what I understand, a lot of the edibles in Illinois are made with remediated cannabis because you can do that. Uh, the law allows for any test that has, f- any sample that has failed, uh, it can be remediated and turned into an oil. And I believe that oil, if it passes testing, now that's the thing is that it can be be turned into an oil and, and it can be remediated is what I meant to say. I think I said remediated into an oil. It can be remediated and then turned into an oil. If that oil passes the test, then it can be used in edible cannabis. I don't think it can be used as like I I don't think you can like sell it as dabs, but I might be wrong on that. I'm pretty confident that I am wrong on that. If you're reading the language that I'm displaying right now, you can see that it says if the sample failed any other test the batch may be used to make a CO2 or solvent-based extract. After processing, the CO2 or solvent-based extract must still pass all required tests. So I just wanted to say that I don't think this oil only has to be used for edibles. Um, It can also be sold as just regular oil. So, So with that in mind, like I say, from what I hear... Most of the edibles in Illinois are made with remediated cannabis because it's like, if I can't sell it as flour, I'm not just going to throw it into the fucking trash can. I'm going to remediate it and turn it into a chocolate bar and you don't know the difference, right? Um, So I I think that maybe that, again, I, I don't know, maybe that's why because it's kind of already acknowledged that that is possible and that is okay if the final sample still passes all tests so maybe they're like well given that we're fine with labeling it i don't know your guess is as good as mine uh if you have any thoughts on what the answer might be once again you can call us or text us at 312-772-6844 you can leave us a voicemail just a final thought before we leave since we're talking about new legislation it's something we've shared a little bit about we've tried to share as much as we can Uh, um, as much information as we can new bills have been filed Um, here we're displaying some bills that at least have come across my desk so um house bill one which is the cure act it's something we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about we'll be having somebody on the show pretty soon to talk about that um some more so that we can get the answers that we need to determine whether or not we support the bill um, if you're watching the video right now, you can see the rest of the bills that at least I've seen. So I'm um, just going to read it for our listening audience House Bill 8, House Bill 25, House Bill 30, 31, 32, 998, 1010, 1025, 1035, and 1055. Now, what exactly all these bills do is, is uh, your job as an informed citizen to figure out. I'll try to do my best, of course, to share information on it. And in fact, one of these bills that's been introduced i believe it's either house bill 1205 or 1206 i can't remember right now i think it's house bill 1206 yes we so we talked to the person that helped to draft that bill and that person is actually evan bruno uh, who was featured on the recent episode that i mentioned at the at the top of this episode so it's episode 253, I believe, and it's available on patreon.com slash chillanoi. Yeah, that's episode 253 um, featuring Evan Bruno, and he talks a little bit about that bill. I think that bill is worthy of uh, our support, if I might say so myself, after having talked to him about it, and it's it's a topic we, Evan and I, have talked about for years at this point, so it's really reassuring to see him to craft language and have it submitted as a bill you know it's something that we started talking about i think just around the time that the pandemic started or maybe it was when you know the vaccines first came out he was talking about the issue that is the fact he's talking about an issue that exists right now sorry folks i am really high Um, and that is the fact that the law says cannabis must be in an odor proof container. And if it's not, some law enforcement have been using that as an excuse to charge you with a crime because technically speaking, it does read as a crime in the vehicle code. So if an officer is able to claim that they smell cannabis and you do, in fact, have cannabis on you, then that means the, the container is not odor proof. And they will actually charge you with a crime on the spot, uh, but they can use that crime. This is the scary part to gain entry to your vehicle and then charge you with other crimes, right? Because that's what cops love to do is just charge you up, get you all repped out. So check out that episode. It's episode number 253. It's on patreon.com slash I hope you found value in this quick episode of the Illinois podcast. I just want to remind you all that we're taking callers. The number is 312-772-6844. You can send us a text. You can leave us a voicemail. Um, we can play that voicemail on the show. Or if you'd prefer uh, that you're, uh, you keep yourself anonymous, you can report possible corruption, fraud, criminal activity, conflicts of interest, or abuse in the legal cannabis industry in Illinois by calling that number one last time. It's 312-772-6844. Thank you so much everybody for listening and I'll see you on the next episode, which uh, one of the next few episodes is going to include a new licensee in the Illinois cannabis industry. This person has i think one licenses in all the new categories so that includes craft cultivation retail infuser and transport um might be a little bit wrong on that but i'm pretty sure i'm dead on that they have won a license in all of the categories so you will be seeing them and their products in the future so stay tuned for that episode we always like to include the perspective of industry insiders or, or people that are in the industry themselves so if that's a perspective you'd like to hear more about stay tuned and uh, once again i hope you found value in this episode of the Chillinoy podcast